everyone and welcome to the Intrepid English podcast. I'm Lorraine and today I will be chatting with Joe, one of our newest teachers here. In today's podcast, Joe tells us about her experience of teaching English all over the world, her travels, her love of sailing, hiking and yoga, and why she loves connecting with students all over the world online from her home in Reading. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi Jo, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks Jo. Um, Why don't you start by introducing yourself for everyone? Okay, hello. Well, I'm Jo and I'm from a town called Reading, which is near London. I am an English teacher. I've been teaching for more than 20 years and I've recently joined Intrepid English. Lovely. And where did your English teaching journey begin? Well, my journey began at university when I was finishing and I saw a poster advertising jobs in Japan and I went to Japan to teach English. That was my first job. Wonderful. We've got a lot of students from Japan. Whereabouts in Japan were you? I taught in a senior high school in Kobe and I had the most amazing year. I really loved it. Um, Incredible students, beautiful country. I studied Japanese, which was really difficult (laughs) and um, discovered lots of amazing food. And that's not the only language that you speak besides English, is it? So my French is good. I speak French. Um, I've recently started studying Spanish and that's getting quite good. I worked in Russia for three years and I speak basic Russian and I can speak uh, German. I guess I could, I can get lost in Germany and I can get lost in Italy and I can get found (laughs) by using those languages. I've been lost in Germany many a time. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, not in Italy. Well, unfortunately, I haven't been. But if I was, I could, I could, I could organise myself. That's good to know. That's good to know. Okay, so uh, one thing that you've got in common with all of the intrepid English teachers is that you love travelling. Unfortunately, we're we're having to put our travel plans on hold at the moment. But uh, I don't know about you. I'm I'm thinking back to all of the the lovely trips I've taken, um, and and wishing I was back on a beach somewhere. Um, so tell us a little bit about your travelling, then, Joe. Well, I've done a lot of traveling and working in different countries. So I've had lots of English teaching jobs in different countries, but also I've worked on boats in different countries and different oceans. So I've worked on a um, a Japanese NGO cruise ship called Peace Boat, where we cruised all around the world, starting from Japan and arriving back in Japan. And I was an English teacher there. I've sailed across the Atlantic working on a boat and I've sailed across large areas of the Pacific working on boats, sometimes teaching and sometimes just as a crew member. Wonderful. What's the most interesting or unusual place that you've taught English? I think that most people would think that when I was teaching in Papua New Guinea, that's an unusual place because lots of people don't really know where it is. Um, So I went to Papua New Guinea to work on a yacht and the day that I arrived, the yacht broke down 
and it stayed broken down in a small town for eight months. So while I was working on the yacht, I also, um, after work, I would go and teach some of the village children um, kind of basic literacy and English, play games with them in English. So, yeah, I guess that Papua New Guinea would be the place that is most unusual. Wonderful. Tell us a little bit about that school. It was me and <laughs> I was the school. <laughs> um, there was um, a, a man from a local island who used to help out on our boat and he had a daughter and his little daughter was about eight. And so I met her and some of her friends and I decided that I would like to help them with their with their studies and with their with their English and their literacy. So we would sit under trees and chat and play games and do some reading together. Oh, I think isn't it a lovely skill to be able to teach English? I really love thinking back to all the, the the people that I've helped just here and there, maybe for a few weeks to prepare for something. The little boy that that lived in the flat beneath ours in Germany, um, Luca, remember him, bless him. He uh, he needed some help with his English test, and he was so pleased that he he bought me a chocolate Santa Claus, and uh, I I still treasure the photo of him standing next to the chocolate Santa Claus because it was almost as big as he was. <laughs> so uh, one of wow. those lovely moments where you really feel like um, your ability as an English teacher can really really help other people. Right? That's a great present, and I hope that Luca was tall. He was uh, eight, quite quite a small boy, but. Uh, um, still, that's a large Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, okay, but still a lot of chocolate. <laughs> he did help me eat it, though, to be fair. <laughs> My only IELTS student took her exam um, Saturday a couple of weeks ago, and she sent me a message during the week to say she got her results and it was exactly what she needed. That was that felt great. Yeah. That is a lovely moment. Yeah, great feeling when somebody who you've been helping gets what they need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Having having the skills to teach English allows you to experience things you you never would have experienced without them right that's that's very true yes um for example when i was working in japan i ran an after school english club and for some reason most of the people who attended were girls and we ended up putting on a sherlock holmes play and there were 15 or 16 year old girls dressed up as sherlock holmes and dr watson on stage performing the play and that was a, a special highlight in my teaching career. Oh, wonderful. That's, I'm trying to imagine it now. <laughs> Must have been very funny. I've got photos somewhere, but yeah, they were lovely. They were brilliant. They were really, really motivated kids. Yeah. Oh, as someone who loves traveling, how are you filling your time and keeping busy? Well, you see, one of the main reasons I love this job is that when I'm doing the job, I feel like I'm traveling because I'm actually speaking to people all over the world. Mm. So when I'm teaching and connecting with students from different places, that feels a bit like I'm traveling. But then when I'm not working, um, I'm living close to the sea in the south of England and I walk by the sea every day. I spend a lot of time looking at the waves and um, examining pieces of seaweed and I go there for sunset most days and so lots of hiking that's my favorite thing to do mm. otherwise bits of yoga and um, a lot of time on computer screens chatting to friends from different places yeah we, we're going to enjoy that uh, the beach walk with you um, yeah. we've got one of your your walk and talk yeah. videos for the listeners if they're interested in joining you on your uh, walk along the beach then we've got a lovely video 
that you've taken for us, which is really, really nice. I think so. Yeah. As you walk along the beach and, and watch the sunset as well. And it was a very special sunset that day. Yeah, so we hop on over to the YouTube channel if you want to enjoy that video. I'll add the, the link to the episode notes. Yeah, I mean, the UK, I mean, it has its moments. Um, obviously, there's a stereotype that, uh, you know, the weather is always awful, rainy, miserable, cold. And yes, yeah. to a certain extent, that is true. But we do certainly have beautiful moments, especially along the coastline. Very much so. And also because I've done a lot of hiking and being outside, it means I've got a collection of clothes that are appropriate for different weathers. And there's a famous explorer, I don't remember who, who said there's no bad weather, only bad clothes. So now when I go out in the rain, I've got the right clothes and it feels good. Yeah. That's one that's one hidden um, benefit of being British. Like there's very little weather that will prevent you from going outside generally. Yeah. I used to live in um, Nice in the south of France and I would go out on the weekends with friends and go to bars and clubs and things. And if it was ever raining on a Saturday night, nothing happened. Everything was cancelled. And I was like, what is going on here? But yeah. no, in Nice, when it was raining heavily, there was no one in bars or cafes or restaurants or nightclubs. <laughs> So as well as teaching English, you're also uh, studying different languages as well, as we've heard. In your opinion, what is the hardest thing about learning a language? Well, in my opinion and experience, the most difficult thing has been to put yourself in an environment where that language is used all the time and to be surrounded by it. Because I speak English as my first language, in the years since I've been teaching and traveling, English has become more and more of a world language. Everywhere I go, people speak it. And it's hard to learn the local language when everybody and all the other travelers all speak English. So I think it's the same experience for students who are trying to learn English. If they live in their home country, surrounded by people who are speaking their home language, then they need to make a real effort to to be able to hear English and to talk to people in English and to to use the internet in English. It's it's really hard to to put yourself in the middle of the language that you want to learn. Mm. The internet certainly makes things a lot easier though for, for people. Um, but you do need the motivation to to you know force yourself to hang out in English speaking um, environments if you're learning English. Definitely. It's like anything though, if you had a, a physical group nearby that you could join, you still have to make yourself go, even though it's, you know, it maybe isn't comfortable to begin with to find yourself in a purely English environment. But I think it's really important to have an opportunity to join an English speaking community, but making sure that that community helps you to feel good about wherever you are in the English learning journey, rather than feeling bad because it's your English isn't perfect yet. Definitely. For example, in, in our community on the Intrepid English website, everyone's super supportive and welcoming. And there's definitely no feeling of, oh, that person's made a mistake, which I really, really love. Um, and I think that having having that environment really enables students to come in and, and not feel self-conscious about um, imperfect English or making any mistakes. I think all of the intrepid English students know that mistakes are part of learning. That's, um, I think that's a really important thing. I definitely agree. I tell all my students that mistakes are the best tools to help us learn. 
Mm-hmm. As long as you do learn from them as well. <laughs> it's understanding when you've made a mistake. Okay, you need a teacher sometimes to explain why it's incorrect. Um, but then also having the the intention of using the correct language going forward, um, then, yeah, you don't have to learn the same thing many, many times then. You can learn from it once or even twice. Yes, yes. What advice would you give to English language learners? What advice would I give to English language learners? Well, I would suggest that they try as much as possible to surround themselves with English see if they can meet other people to practice with, watch films using English, either with subtitles and audio or both. And the other advice is try not to feel silly if you make a mistake, which is a really difficult thing to do because I feel silly when I make mistakes when I'm speaking Spanish. But I always teach my students, whatever process you have to go through to to successfully communicate, you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. And the result at the end is getting what you need or getting your message across. Yeah. So if that is something more than they've done in the past, that's progress. Um, quite often, I think students compare themselves with other people, but that's always going to let you down because we're all different. We've all had a different journey to get to where we are. So as long as you're comparing yourself to your former self, whatever you've previously achieved then if you're making progress, that's a success. And that's the only person you should compare yourself to. Absolutely. Okay, last thing then, Joe. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the Intrepid English students? Well, I guess um, in the future, you'll be seeing me a lot more. If you look on the Intrepid English YouTube channel, you'll see some of my walks and talks. And if you're interested in booking a free trial lesson with me, head over to the Intrepid English website. And I'm really looking forward to meeting you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Joe. To find out more about Joe, you can visit her teacher profile, book a free trial lesson with her read one of her blogs, or watch one of her walk and talk videos on YouTube. You can find links to all of these resources in the episode notes. As always, we love to hear from you, so please drop us a line with your comments, feedback, or requests for future blogs, podcasts, and videos. From all of us at Intrepid English, have a lovely day.